This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 2nd, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. What should libertarians take from the judicial opinions of Neil Gorsuch? Cato Institute adjunct scholar Andrew Grossman says there is much in the judge's background to recommend him to libertarians. We spoke yesterday. If you really come down to the base of it, the thing about Neil Gorsuch is that he categorically rejects special treatment for the government in court, and that's a very rare thing. Um, he holds the government to its proof. He makes them put forward evidence. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, in one instance, the government wanted to enforce a campaign finance law that discriminated against smaller parties, like the Libertarian Party, for example. And the government had some contrived theory about why that made sense. They had no evidence. And he held them to that, which is something that a lot of courts don't do. What else? Judge Gorsuch consistently holds government officials accountable when they violate the Constitution. He doesn't give them the kind of blank check uh, that courts often do when they claim uh, what's called qualified immunity uh, as a defense to constitutional violations. So when New Mexico police arrested an 11-year-old for horseplay in gym class, they put him in handcuffs and marched him out of the school, uh, Judge Gorsuch's view was that, well, they didn't have statutory authority to do that, and so they couldn't get off scot-free. The rest of the panel disagreed. So no authority to make the arrest, I believe, is what the statute did not authorize the arrest in any way. That's exactly right. Um, and similarly, when an off-duty cop uh, turned on the lights on his car and sped around town recklessly and killed a couple people, Judge Gorsuch's view was, no, you don't get qualified immunity for that. And you know these seem like common sense decisions, but these are the things that divide courts. And so it's reassuring to have somebody on the Supreme Court um, you know, who takes this kind of view. So what informs that view that uh, these agents of the government don't deserve special treatment? Well, I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is Judge Gorsuch's conception of the judicial role. In his view, a judge isn't just a politician in robes. It's not somebody who makes policy. It's somebody who carries out the law as it is and doesn't try to reshape it as he would like it to be. And what that means is that rather than trying to give the government a blank check when he likes their policies or push back against it when he doesn't, he simply follows the law as it's been written. Um, he's recognized that you know a judge who likes every outcome he reaches is very likely a bad judge. Um, and I think that's right. But where it's important is that so many judges are deferential to the government, and Judge Gorsuch isn't one of them. What else should libertarians find uh, likable about Judge Gorsuch's view of the law? Well, I mean, one thing I think that has to be mentioned, and it's not just for libertarians, it's for everybody, is you, you have to read the guy's opinions. They are they sparkle with wit. They're brilliant. Uh, let me just read you, if you don't mind, uh, just one line uh, from an opening of a, it's a case that involves an insurance dispute. Haunted houses may be full of ghosts, goblins, and guillotines, but it's their more prosaic features that pose the real danger. Tyler Hodges found that out when an evening shift working the ticket booth ended with him plummeting down an elevator shaft. You just have to read the rest of it. It's really so engaging. Uh, another line, what began as a fight at a strip club finds its way here as a clash over hearsay. Now, this actually matters because keep in mind, Justice Scalia was so influential over the years because of the wit and the verve and the intelligence of what were frequently dissenting opinions. That's what won over a generation of law students. And I think Judge Gorsuch has the, the, the opportunity and the skills and, and the, the, the style to do exactly the same. Criminal justice? Criminal justice is actually a very strong point, I think, for Judge Gorsuch, uh, or at least it should be for libertarians uh, looking at him. Um, he really does respect the awesome power of the criminal law. He's serious and has written several times about the phenomenon of overcriminalization, the idea of this uh, 
a plethoration of criminal uh, statutes and to the point that nobody really knows even what's against the law. But he also, he's been very serious about the concept of due process, that the government has to give people a fair warning, uh, as well as the rule of lenity. Um, in other words, when there's a tie over what the rule, what the law might mean, the tie always goes to the defendant. Um, and, and he's been very vigorous about this in case after case. You know, Justice Scalia recognized that, you know, for people who were uh, in favor of the rights of the accused, he was probably the strongest justice on the court, which was something that was at odds with his reputation as a conservative. Judge Gorsuch follows Justice Scalia in every single one of those areas. And so it really is, uh, you know, a very strong record on criminal law. In terms of uh, vagueness of laws, of course, that's a big problem, uh, as you mentioned, in the context of criminal defense, but it's also a big problem for executive agencies and uh, the problem of deference when courts decide to allow the agency's considered wisdom to prevail. That's exactly right. You know, the Constitution vests the legislative power in Congress and invests the judicial power uh, in the judicial branch. And yet we've wound up with the system where uh, government agencies come into court and they get to claim that they get to decide what it is the law actually says. Um, and courts have gone along with that under this doctrine called Chevron deference. And Judge Gorsuch has written several decisions uh, arguing that Chevron deference is at odds with the, court, with the Constitution, that it violates the rights of people to be informed about what's in the the law, um, and has suggested that it's something that over time should be scaled back or reconsidered. Um, this is actually at odds with what was Justice Scalia's view for most of his life. And so this really, I think, for, for somebody looking at this from the point of view of uh, freedom and certainty in the law um, and constraining government power, this is a potentially a very significant shift. Brad Smith at the uh, Center for Competitive Politics had uh, good things to say about uh, Neil Gorsuch when it comes to uh, a robust First Amendment and interpreting broadly the, the rights protected uh, under the First Amendment. What cases can we look at that say, oh, the, he definitely does believe that? Well, I mean, I think the first thing to think about is, you know, President Trump uh, has said several times as a candidate that he intends to open up libel law and commensurately restrict First Amendment uh, freedoms. Um, that isn't exactly Judge Gorsuch's view. Um, in several cases, he's been involved in, uh, you know, have involved libel change, uh, libel claims, and he's been a pretty consistent supporter of First Amendment rights and has decided those in favor of media companies. Um, he's also been very strong um, when it comes to uh, campaign-related speech. He has a decision where he recognizes that that's subject to potentially strict constitutional scrutiny, the highest level of government justification uh, to, to uh, regulate in that area. So these are all very promising things. Andrew Grossman is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.